Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. But I want to talk to you today uh, about the heart of a steward, being a, a steward, a good steward over what God has given us. Because once you give your life to the Lord, once you say, Jesus is my Savior, I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I confess that. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead and the Lord comes into your heart and changes you, saves you, makes a new creation within you. Come on, you become an eternal being. Guess what? Your life is not over. It's just beginning. It's just beginning. And now we move into the stewardship role. As long as we are here on this earth, we are to be good stewards. And that is includes and especially speaks of our finances. Our finances. A lot of people get very defensive when people start preaching about finances. And I understand why. Uh, I, I, I absolutely get that, uh, you know, there have been some mispreachings. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but there have been mispreachings about grace. There have been mispreachings about uh, forgiveness and atonement and all of those things. Yet we still serve God because God doesn't mispreach. We are human beings. We'll hear different doctrines, but God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. You have a bad experience at Kroger, you don't stop grocery shopping. Come on. Uh, we, we, we understand that God is, is the one who controls this whole thing. This is Jesus' church. And as hard as we try sometimes to mess it up, it's still his church. And as long as he is on the throne and the earth is still his footstool, then the church is his baby, not yours or mine. Come on. And the church is still victorious and the doctrines of God, not the doctrines of man, but the doctrines of God still stand. And so all we can do is preach out of the word of God. Some of it we like, some of it we don't. I, I, you, everyone will say I like all of it, but the way we act sometimes, I don't think we like all of it. Some of us, come on. Uh, but it is true. Jesus said, I am the way, not a way. There's not, there's not four or five different ways to the Father. I don't care who you listen to on TV or who has opinions. There's only one way. I am the way. I'm not a way. I'm the way. Uh, you know, I am the truth. There's no other truth outside of Jesus. There's not many truths, many paths to one place. He's the only truth. Any truth you speak, any truth you hear comes from Jesus. If you look at your car and you say it's green and that's true, that came from Jesus. You, you might not believe it, but all truth comes from him. He said, I am the truth. Now, he's either the truth or he's a truth. He's the truth. Come on. And so he's true. His word is true. And what is also true is that we are stewards over what he has given us. 
And so, especially with our finances, and I, I want to talk just a little bit about that today. And I want to talk about how stewardship is a matter of the heart. And everything we've been talking about, whether we're talking about tithes and offerings, and today I'm going to talk about tithes, but this is not a message about tithes. I'm going to talk about offerings a little bit, but this is not a message about offerings. I'm going to talk about uh, blessing, the blessing of the Lord, but this is not a message solely on the blessing of the Lord. This is a message about the heart of the steward. That's what it's all about. We can talk about money, but really it's about the heart. So that's what we're going to talk about for a few moments today. And I think one of the issues that we have as stewards, really as people, is that most people view themselves as owners. And I want to tell you something. It makes perfect sense to me because after all, I worked all week. I worked hard all week for the money. I work hard for the money. Come on, that should be a song. I work hard for the money, and uh, older people might get that, younger people. But I, I work hard for the money, and so I went out and bought my shoes, and I bought my coat, and I bought, uh, we bought a house, and I bought a car, and I'm an owner, and I, I own all of those things. And uh, it, when we talk about it from an earthly view, it makes perfect sense. It makes absolutely perfect sense. I own all of those things, right? In the natural, uh, that's what it is. But it couldn't be further from the truth when we have a kingdom thinking. It could not be further from the truth. Amen? Uh, because it's God who gives us power to create wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18. He gives it to us and all things he gives us. Some of the most successful, unsaved people don't realize that the gifts they have and the success they have are from God. And by the way, if you read Joshua 1.8, uh, we read that whole verse and we're, we cheer because God says as long as you keep the word in your mouth and you meditate on it day and night and, 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 and purpose in your heart to do all that is written therein, you will make your own way prosperous and you'll have success. He doesn't say you'll have success. He says you'll have good success. And whenever you hear good success, that means there must be a bad success. Come on. And then also, unfortunately, unbelievers sometimes, you're not going to want to hear this, but listen, all I can do is just preach the truth to you. Unfortunately, sometimes unbelievers are more often wiser with their money than believers. They're wiser with their money than believers. And it's in the Bible. Believe that. Luke 16, 8 says, the Lord commended the unjust steward. He talked about this unjust steward. He commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. So it's not God's desire for us to be unwise stewards, especially with our money, but with everything that we have, everything that he's given us. Let me just, and I know we, because we've been focusing on biblical money management over the last number of weeks, that's the main focus, but we're talking about stewardship of everything. But here's why I'm focusing on finances. Here's why. It's because when you look at some statistics, you'll see that the reason we need to be good stewards and practice good biblical money management is simply this. First of all, 71% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 71%. I can't speak about the rest of the world. 71% of Americans, and you think all of those are unsaved? 71% of Americans are unsaved. We got a lot of people going to church for nothing. <laughs> Come on. 71% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Out of those people, 
20% of them make more than six figures. 20% of people that live paycheck to paycheck make six figures or more. Isn't that amazing? Three out of five of them make over $60,000 a year. Now, to some of you, 60000 is not much. That's what you used to make. I, I get that, and I understand it. But for some, some people, not even young people, some people that make $30,000 a year, 60000 doubles their salary. That's more than enough to live off of. Come on. Living paycheck to paycheck. So the problem isn't money, and it's not that there's not money out there. And I'm not just, fo I'm not just focusing on we got to have money. I'm talking about the heart of a steward. Anything we have, God has given us, and it's for a purpose. We're going to talk about that. There's a purpose for it, okay? The problem isn't money. The problem is the way that we steward what God has put in our hands. The problem obviously isn't money. I mean, we can talk about Abraham, and we can talk about Job. We can talk about all of these people. The problem is not money, having it or not having it. It's stewarding what God has given us. And so what is a steward? Steward is a one who manages. Steward, a steward watches over and cares for. Here's the key that we must get the possessions of another. And that is everything. I read Psalms. I believe it's 27. That the earth is the Lord. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. And the fullness thereof, right? All that's in it. Everything. I don't know what's left out of all. Everything is the Lord's, including you and me, if we've given our life to the Lord. Everything belongs to God. It all belongs to him. It all belongs to him. And so we steward that. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Paul put it this way when he was talking about this to the Corinthians. He said, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ as, and stewards, stewards being the key word, of the mysteries of God. That's everything. That includes finances. It's, it's a mystery to me. It may not be a mystery to you. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. I hope we take this to heart this morning. That one be found faithful. Faithful. God is looking for faithful stewards to steward whatever he puts in your hand. And you can't get jealous because this one has more or that one has less or this one has it that way or that one received it this kind of way or that one worked more hard. It doesn't matter. All of it got put in your hands. God gives you the power to get wealth. He gives you the power. He gives it to you. And however you come by it, and how much ever you have, God is more interested in you being a good steward than how much you have. He's more interested in you being a good steward. And he's more interested in you bringing back to him more than what he gave to you. It's also in the Bible. You know that. You know it. We talked these past few weeks about the components of biblical money management. We talked about managing my receiving because that's part of it as well. We don't have anything to steward if we don't receive anything. Even though you work for it, you still receive a paycheck. I mean, you can work all week, but unless someone gives you the paycheck or deposits, you don't receive it. So we work for it. We still receive it. We have to manage our receiving. And that includes gifts or whatever it may be. We talked about managing your resources wisely. God has, has, has given you wisdom. And you may think in the natural, my, you know, the things that I think about, I'm dense or I'm not so wise. But guess what? You have something that overcomes all of that. That's called the Holy Spirit. He's called the Holy Spirit. And as long as you have the Holy Spirit, consider yourself wise. I don't care how much your natural thinking is. You have the Holy Spirit. 
All right. We talked about managing my giving the tithe. We talked about it. I'm going to show you today that it is biblical. And we talked about managing my, my, my offering. My wife talked about that last week. And Forrest so eloquently talked about uh, developing new habits. Come on, these are practical ways. God, I've said it a million times, God is spirit, but God has given us so many practical principles to follow. Given us so many practical principles to follow. And, and so when we talk about these things, when you talk about money, and especially when you talk about tithing, you know, people get so defensive. Right. And the reason is because man has messed that up. Man has mismanaged it. And it hasn't just been as of late. Come on. It, it's been all the way back. I, I think that we are just I don't know whether I want to say blessed, but, you know, in, in the Old Testament, God just might kill the whole family if you mismanage what he's given you. Come on. Come on now. He doesn't do that anymore. At least to what I, I haven't heard of him doing that. Maybe he has. I don't know. I know there's a couple of preachers that fell dead in the pulpit, uh, you know, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not going to speak, uh, you know, on that. But I'm just going to say that God has put things in our hands, including his word, and we are to manage that correctly. The tithe is in the Bible. The tithe is 10th, and a lot of people get all upset. Let me just show you something. I don't, I don't have this up here. Do this, do this with me. And I know you know these scriptures. Turn over to Malachi. I know you know it. But let's just do, just, just do something. Go with me. Even if you disagree with me. You disagree, go with me for a moment. And if you still disagree, then that's fine. We will, we will still disagree. But let me just say something. Let me, let me make something very, very clear. One of my favorite journalists speaks this way. Let me make it very, very clear. Make something very, very clear. That is that in this pulpit, we have never, ever, ever, and I dare you to go back and look at all of the tapes, all of the digital, whatever it is, we have never, ever taught that if you don't tithe, you are cursed and you're going to hell. That's not, that's not what we've ever taught. That's not biblical. That's not biblical. No, it's not biblical. There's only one way. There's only one way to get to heaven. I mean, we want to we want to talk about homosexuality. We want to talk about being a thief. We want to talk about being an adulterer. You want to talk about some of the nastiest sins ever and all of these things. And you want to talk about all that stuff. Listen, all of that stuff for a moment, you can put on the shelf and you can look at Romans 10, 9 and 10. You can look at Acts 2, 38. There's only one way to get to heaven. That if you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth, not in your mind, but with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. Peter says, listen, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and you shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. Only one way. Jesus is the only way. If you could do something to get out of heaven, that means you could do something to get into heaven. And tithing is not, you can't tithe your way into heaven. So we never teach that you, you personally are cursed. You personally are cursed and you're going to hell if you don't tithe. That's not, that's not true. But let's look at what Malachi does say. All right, let's look at it. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8, you know it. Whenever churches try to raise some money, they start preaching on this. I'm not trying to raise any money. I'm just preaching it because it's the word. And I'm really not even preaching about tithing right here. I'm just going to show you something here. Malachi 3, 8 says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. 
bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed for you will, will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, turn back to Deuteronomy. That's all the way in the front. And I want you to turn with me. I don't have it on the board. Please, if you have your Bible, if you have your phone, if you have your iPad, if you have your Android phone, if you have got your Xbox with you. I don't know why you would have that in church, but maybe you do. Uh, you know, if you got your PlayStation, uh, whatever you might have that gets you to the Internet or gets you to the Bible, uh, go there and turn to Deuteronomy 28. Yeah, 28. You know it. All right. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28 and let's read some stuff out of here. He's talking about the blessings uh, on obedience right here. And then, uh, you know, he talks about in verses 1 and 2 about obeying the voice of God and, uh, you know, his commandments. And these blessings shall come upon you. In verse 3, he says, blessed shall, be, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your, of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish. And he goes on and on about all these blessings. Let me tell you something. This, that's, in the, that's in the Old Testament. What we just read in Malachi, that's in the Old Testament. So if you say, well, tithing, that, we don't do that. That's Old Testament. Okay, that's fine. If you believe that, then you got to throw out Deuteronomy 28 too. Not 28, verse 2, 28 also. All right? You got to throw out the blessing uh, of Abraham. You have to throw out uh, the covenant uh, when he talks about uh, baptism. So, so you, you can't pick and choose what you throw out of the Bible. If you say, and I'm going to show you also that it is in the New Testament. But if, you're, if your thing is, well, I, I'm not going to tithe because that's in the Old Testament, I would say to you, you're, you're looking for a way to get out of something. And not only that, I don't even know why you feel bad about it because God's not doing it to keep you out of heaven. He's not doing it to curse you. He's not saying to do that so that you'll, if you can't do it, you'll be a bad person. He's doing it to bless you. God is trying to show ways to bless you, to bless you, not the pastor, not the church, but you. It's a principle that God is, is, has instilled. Back in, uh, in, in, in Genesis, Abraham tithed without being asked to tithe. He said, and blessed be God most high in Genesis 14, 20, who has delivered your enemy into your hand and gave him a tithe of all. Nobody asked Abraham to tithe right there. So what we have to understand is the Bible says the tithe is holy. That's the principle. We look at the 10%. We look at, oh, why does God want, you know, my money? It's, he's saying it's holy. He's saying set something apart. First of all, the tithe is holy. Leviticus 27:30, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. 
Now, we throwing out the Old Testament. If we throwing out Malachi, I guess we got to throw out all this stuff. But if we're going to keep anything from the Old Testament, I mean, it, the, the Bible starts off, you know, in the, it talks about God in the beginning and how he created the heaven and earth. We throwing that out too? What are we throwing out? All right. Leviticus 2730. Uh, it is holy to the Lord. That's what it says. The tithe is the Lord's and it's holy. And that just means he's, he's saying set it apart. You want to know what God is saying? I just, he wants to see where your heart is. Actually, he knows where your heart is. He wants you to see where your heart is. Where's your heart? That's all he's saying. That's all this is. That's all it is. Where's your heart? Uh, by the way, when God gave his first and only son as a sacrifice for our sins, he gave his first and his best. Come on. He deserves nothing less than the same from us. He just wants to know where your heart is. It's not that difficult. Tithing is in the New Testament. It's in the New Testament. Listen to Matthew twenty-two, twenty-three. 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Here, Jesus is not saying that you shouldn't tithe or that I in, in the new covenant tithing won't be included. But what he is saying is you're doing that as you ought to do. But now I'm calling you to a higher place. I'm calling you not only to tithe, but I'm calling you to be a giver. I'm calling you to be a person of compassion. I'm calling you to be uh, an encourager and a supplier. I'm calling you to help others get into the kingdom and disciple them so that they will be blessed. He's saying you're going to a higher place. I'm not saying stop doing what you're doing. Hebrews, Hebrews 6, 1, it, when it says we need to leave these elementary principles of baptism and laying on of hands, it's not saying you don't lay on hands anymore and you don't baptize anymore. It's saying you're doing the same thing, thinking you're doing something, but I'm calling you to something more. I'm calling you to another place. That's just a foundation. It's your reasonable service, as Romans says. I'm calling you to another place. And you might say, as I would probably say, well, technically, Brother Mike, you know, Hebrew, I mean, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus hadn't died yet. Uh, it's still Old Testament. I mean, yeah, yeah, you said it was in the New Testament because Jesus said it, but uh, it's still Old Testament. So I said, well, hmm, let me go up to Hebrews. Go up to Hebrews chapter 7, verses 7 to 9. I didn't put this up here either, but it says, Now, if you want to, turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 7, so you can see it with your own eyes. With your own eyes. With your own eyes. With your own eyes. Now, last I checked, Hebrews was in the New Testament. Is that, do we agree with that? Hebrews is New Testament. It's, it, it does sometimes talk about the Old Testament, uh, but, it's, but it is New Testament. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Thank you, Lord. I'm lesser, you are better. Here, mortal men receive tithes. Stop right there. Here, this is new. It, it didn't, this is not old. He's not referring to something that happened before. I'm just, I'm not an English major. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do the best in English in school, I, but, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying hard. My, my wife, she has, she's getting her doctorate degree, Sister Carol, you're a teacher. Megan, I know you just got out of college. You know, I know y'all know English a lot better than I do. But when I look at it, when I we see here, mortal men receive, and there's no D on the end of receive, I take it that it means now and not before. Receive. He, here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. Even Levi, who receives tithes, 
paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. And so he never said we're not supposed to do it anymore. But when you do it, it's your perspective. I'm not, I'm not giving 10% of my money to that church so the pastor could buy a car or so they can do whatever it is they want to do. I don't even know if the church needs a roof. They might just be saying that. I don't know what's going on. This is how we think. And I, and honestly, I, I do get it. I do. I do. Uh, many of us have been hurt in church. You know, we've been deceived and we've been all those things. But I can tell you this for a fact. Jesus has never deceived you. Jesus has never deceived you. And this is, this is Jesus. Uh, this is him saying this. All right. Jesus never received you. We just saw that the tithe belonged to God in Leviticus 2730. Is he really first in our lives? If he is, there won't be such a strong opposition to the idea of giving him our first and our best. Our best. The tithe belongs to God. It belongs to him. It belongs to him. It belongs to him. It belongs to God. That's where the tithe belongs. So I told you this wasn't a message on tithing, so I'm going to move off of it. All right, we, we keep going. You said, you said it wasn't a message about tithing, but you keep talking about it. Uh, but it's part of being a good steward. That's all. Be, paying or giving tithes, or you can't give paying tithes because it belongs to God. Giving it back to God is part of being a good steward over what he's given you. It's part of it. Also an offering. What is an offering? All right. An offering is something that we give based on an amount we determine of our own free will. This is what my wife taught us last week. Something that we give based on an amount we determine of our own free will. So can you see how an offering is different than a tithe? Tithe means 10%. God said the tithe belongs to me. It is holy and set apart. All right. And here's, you have robbed me. He said in Malachi, now an offering here, look at Exodus 25.1, says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. Everyone who gives it willingly, willingly, willingly. 2 Corinthians 9.8, God can give you all you need. He will give you more than enough. You will have everything you need for yourselves and you will have enough left over to give when there is a need. He's talking here about offering, giving an offering out of your abundance. It's part of being a good steward. And with the offering, he says, it's up to you. What are you, what are you, what are you able to or what are you willing to set aside to offer to people? The tithe, I didn't go into this, but the tithe should be given to your local storehouse, <laughs> the, the church you belong to, and you should belong to a local church. That's where the tithe really belongs. But an offering, you can give a missions offering, you can, we won't even go into it. You can, an, an offering is whatever's in your heart to give, to offer. Okay, that's what, so when you start saying, I don't have to tithe, and you start quoting all these scriptures uh, where Paul talks about an offering, that's talking about an offering. That's not talking about a tithe, okay? Everything that God's put in our hand. And here, the reason why I'm going today into this is because we, we've taught, we've established about how you have to be wise with your money. We've established that over the last number of weeks about how, you know, we, you know, I don't know how far we even went into it. But when you start talking about all of those things with credit cards and all of that, uh, you know, and, and, and spending money uh, foolishly, it, money is no different. I, I don't believe than, than healing when people get sick. 
you know, but eating fried chicken and drinking a bunch of Coke and, you know, eating all those carbs and, uh, you know, all the fat, uh, you know, unhealthy fat. We eat all those things and then we go say, Lord, please heal me. Right. It's the same way with our finances. When you run up your credit card or go out to dinner four days out of five days a week and you're not acting smart and you say, Lord, just cancel my debt. You start listening to Andrew Womack and, and, you know, Copeland and everybody else. And you talk about cancel my debt, Lord. Yeah, money cometh to me now. Yeah, you're going out to dinner every night of the week. I don't know if money cometh to you now. Money cometh and money goeth. Why are we expecting some miracle when God gave us the way to do this thing? And you know, I, I've said it. I've said it. I believe, I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. Come on, that'll be a song too. I better sing the rest of that one, Brother James. But I, you know, I believe. I believe God is a miracle. I, I believe He loves doing miracles. He's great. Uh, but I believe also that God has given us. I believe that He has given us everything we need to live our lives without having to live miracle to miracle, paycheck to paycheck. Come on. And God has positioned us to be blessed. You know, there's this other dirty word, but the word's in the Bible. It's called prosperity. That's another dirty word when people start talking about that. And the reason why is because it's been misused, but it has to be misused by Jesus. Jesus never misused it. He never misused it. You know, scriptures are in the Bible for a reason. I would that you prosper. That's in there for a reason. We don't have to look at any other way. Well, maybe he meant this. No, he meant what he said. I would that you prosper. It's my desire that you prosper. You're, if you're a father or a mother, wouldn't you want your kids to prosper? You want them to live a full, long life? And you don't want them to be in debt. You don't want them to live poor. You don't want them to not have anything in their cupboard to eat, right? You don't want those things. In fact, you want them to have more than enough. Same way with God. I would that you prosper even as your soul prospers. It's in there for a reason. Just because as preachers we've misused the scripture doesn't mean that the scripture is not true. Jesus is true. You can trust Jesus. You can trust in the Lord, okay? And so we're positioned to be blessed. We're positioned and we have, to, we have to be in spiritual alignment. That's part of our stewardship as well is to be in spiritual alignment with God. And I think that's what gets left out because I would love nothing more than just to only speak about faith. And we need to. We need to. We will a lot more next year. I would love nothing more to only just talk about faith and only how you just have to confess with your mouth and you will be an overcomer. And, and only that. It's just only thing you need to do is, is, is say these things. We're going to talk more next year about you. The name of Jesus is so powerful. God has given us that name. And we do so many other things except using the name of Jesus that he's given us. And we expect to overcome. And the reason why we don't is because we're not using in the name of Jesus. And if we are, we're not using it correctly. So we're going to talk about that. And I would love nothing more but to only talk about that. But when we eat fried chicken and Coke and all of these and, and ate sweet potato pies, well, I mean, sweet potato pie could be okay. But, you know, when you do all those things, it's, it's, it's hard for me to just talk about how God wants to heal you. Uh, you know, we got to talk about stop eating so much pie. I mean, it all goes together because it's all in the scripture. It's all in the scripture. Galatians chapter three, 
uh, verse 6 says, Just as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham before saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Listen, God, I'm trying to tell you the heart of God. We're talking about the heart of the steward. And I want to tell you why he wants your heart right. It's because his heart is right. Do you understand God's heart toward you? Do you understand that he has compassion for you and even empathy and that he wants you to be an overcomer in everything you do and especially in your finances? God, it's not God's desire that you just suffer your whole life financially and you never overcome. But anything in your life, including your finances, that are more important than God are an idol. Are an idol. You can't serve God and mammon. That's why Jesus put that in there. That's the point of the whole thing. But if God is first, he has no reason to hold back blessings from you. And he won't hold back blessings from you. So maybe the next time when you don't understand why am I uh, not being blessed, maybe instead of looking at God or feeling like it's God's will that I live in poverty my whole life, why don't you go to God and say, God, what is it? that I'm? Where am I falling short? Where in my heart am I not being a good steward maybe over what you've given me? Is it, is it just my perspective? Sometimes it could just be our perspective. Now, I believe that was the rich young ruler's problem. I don't think he was. I, I don't know. We don't know. The, the scriptures don't tell us. But I, it just, I don't think, it doesn't seem like he was a bad person. I don't know that he was a bad person. He may even have been a giver. But his perspective, his perspective was out of whack. And sometimes it's our perspective that gets out of whack. And that's why we're not where God wants us to be. Come on. The positioning is first by grace. It is all because God has provided a way to bless you, his son Jesus. So all true spiritual blessings are first what God has done. Second, us responding by faith and obedience to aligning our lives with Christ and positioning ourselves to receive all of his blessings. We must position ourselves to receive his blessings. And here's what you have to understand about being a good steward. It's important that you be a good steward. Not just so that you'll be blessed, but because you are here, you are blessed to bless others. You are blessed to receive a blessing. We need to have a great expectation. We'll have great prayers. We'll have a great attitude. We'll have great faith. But we have to have an understanding that we are blessed to be a blessing. The blessings flow through you. Come on. Blessings are meant to flow from you to help others. When you bless others, God promises to take care of all of your needs. All of your needs. Blessing others will come back to you with more blessing. And I know this is the paradox of it all. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around because we're not, we don't bless just so that we can get blessed. We don't give so that we can get. We, didn't, we don't receive the revelation of getting. We have the revelation of giving. But at the same time, God wants us to understand that when you do bless and when you do give, I, I'm not a man that will, I'm not like a man who will owe anyone anything. Right? You will be blessed. I will take care of all of your needs and more. I will cause you to overcome. But that's not why we give. I know it's a big circular thing. 
All we have to worry about is that our heart is right with God, that we take care of what he has put in our hands. Proverbs 27, 9 says, He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. That, that's an awesome scripture. Proverbs eleven twenty four puts it this way. I believe we heard this maybe even last week. Verse eleven twenty four says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. So obviously God doesn't want you to suffer want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Listen to it in the message version. I love this. The world, by the way, before I, I just want to say one quick thing. I'm just about done here. I just want to say one quick thing uh, about the message version. You know, the message version of the Bible is interesting. Because when I first came across it, I don't know when uh, Eugene Peterson uh, first came out or published it. I, I don't know if it was 70s or 80s. You, some of you guys may know uh, who have been on the earth two or three days before me. Uh, you might know that, but I, I don't know. But I know for me, it was probably uh, maybe in the late 90s or something, or maybe in the early 2000s even, uh, when I first came across the message version. And I grew up as a kid uh, with the King James version. So all through my teen years, it was all King James. And then when I got to be an older teen and, a, and young in my 20s, you know, it was like, well, you know, this King James, I got to, so I went over to NIV and, you know, Amplified. And then I said, ah, that's a little bit too flowery. So I kind of settled on New King James. All right. But I like all of it, uh, you know, as long as it's the word of God. Uh, but then I came across a message. And when I first read it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know whether it's just because I'm a man. But I was like, man, this thing is too flowery for me. I mean, this is like going to watch The Notebook. I, I can't, you know, it's just too much. You know, it's just too much love. You know, it's, it's like the 60s or something, you know. And why you take four sentences to explain, you know, God's love for you? It was just kind of that thing. I know that this is my problem. I understand it. I, I get it, you know. And, and so that's just, so I said, no, man, I'm not, I'm not, I can't do that. Uh, but I, I picked up a book by Eugene Peterson, and it's called uh, Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I don't know if you ever heard of that book. It's called long, look it up sometime, Gene. It's a real, it's called Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And when I read that book by Eugene Peterson, I said, oh, this man loves God. This man loves the Lord. And he's not flowery. I mean, he, yes, he wrote the message version that way, but that's not his life. He is all about discipleship and discipline and loving God and putting God first and not doing anything other than what God says. He's all about the doctrine of sin. Come on, that's a real doctrine. But he's also about the doctrine of love and overcoming. And so sometimes we judge people by their cover, just like we do books. And we ought not do that. And I think we judge the message of tithing and prosperity that way because of what our perception is or because of what some other people said about it. But we have to take the whole Bible as a whole. It, discipline is in the Bible. Overcoming is in the Bible. Come on. Hard work is in the Bible. But blessing when you don't deserve it through grace is in the Bible. It's all in there and we have to take it all together. God wants you to be an overcomer. He wants you to be an overcomer. Listen to me, folks. 
But just back to the money thing real quick and finally, you will continue to struggle financially until you have a heart, a soul, and a mind change. Not just about, it's not, there's no magic. It's not, I just need to give more to church and God will bless me. It's not magic like that. That's not what we're talking about. But I'm talking about the whole thing and being a good steward. But you'll continue unless you have a heart, soul, and mind change. So we must allow the Lord to change the way we think in order to truly trust him. We waste away our days worrying because we don't trust God. We say we trust, but our thinking and our actions really speak the truth. And not just financially, but in every area of our life. We say we trust, but our actions, it's so true. It's a cliche, but our actions speak louder than words. And I, and